All right, I am excited to share the Word of God with you today. I, I just came here to show you that God has a gift for each one of you. In fact, there's a gift box inside of your house that's been there for years, somewhere that you have not opened and you have not enjoyed. So I feel like God sent me here to remind you, to help you find that gift box, and after today, that you will go home and actually open that gift box and actually enjoy the gift that God has given to you and me. Amen? Amen. I want to look at very, uh, uh, two scriptures, very, very short. Matthew 5, 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn. Everybody say mourn. For they will be comforted. And then the shortest verse. If you're like, Pastor, I don't know how to memorize scripture. This one, you can memorize it right now in one second. John 11.35, it says, Jesus wept. Can everybody say that? Jesus wept. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the gift that you have given to each one of us. That you would give us wisdom in how to use it well and enjoy it well. Father, we pray that you would make right if there's any thinking patterns that is not right in our minds. If we're not thinking right, if we're not processing right, if we're believing the wrong things, Father, we give you permission to make it right up here and make it right in here in our hearts and in our minds. So Holy Spirit, open our eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you got what the gift is through the scripture. I really believe that God has given each one of us the gift of mourning. The gift of of grieving. But oftentimes, as Christians, we feel guilty if we want to mourn. Anybody? I mean, if you're disappointed, right, and you want to be disappointed, I mean, no, you, not you want, you are disappointed, right? And if you feel disappointed, to acknowledge, I'm kind of disappointed. Don't you feel bad? Don't you feel guilty? You know, if Chen Wei didn't bring me any gift or, or, or a card for my 50th birthday, I understand, you know, she has lots of kids. But in my heart, I'd be kind of disappointed. You, well, I thought we were best friends, you know, like, at least you could have, like, made me something. I don't know, draw me a picture or something. But to acknowledge that just doesn't feel right. It's like, come on, you're more mature than that. You should understand. People go through things, you know? Maybe she had to fix a car that she didn't expect to fix. By the way, she got me a gift. Uh, uh, Yeah. She took me out. She fed me and, and got me a gift. That was just an illustration. But for some reason, as Christians, we feel guilty. We feel bad when we're disappointed. Hmm? 
And I just sensed the Lord saying, I give you permission to grieve. You see, every pain, every disappointment that you and I experience, and, then, and if we have not grieved those pain and disappointment, you know what happens? It becomes an obstacle that hinders you and I from fully enjoying the good things that we already have in life. We are hindered from seeing good gifts that God has already given to us in our lives. We are hindered from actually enjoying the good gifts that God has given to us. But often, when we're experiencing pain, what do we do? We ignore it. We think it's the mature thing to do. You know what we do? We avoid it. Eh. Hmm? And we think it's a normal part of life. We make excuses for it, and we never actually open this box, open this gift of mourning to actually grieve. That I'm really disappointed. I'm really sad. I'm actually angry with this. God is inviting you to open up this gift. Anybody have indigestion? Come on, be real with me. <laughs> Some of you never experienced indigestion? Wow, you are truly blessed. Recently, I've had few indigestion. It is so painful. It's like you're bloated. And I don't know about you, but I get this like sharp pain. I was driving a lady at home one day from school and that pain, and it's, it's, like, it's a weird pain. You know what I mean? It's like I'd rather like bleed or something. That, that deep, like weird pain and I can't move. I'm like, oh, this is dangerous. I'm driving my 12-year-old home, but oh, I'm like, oh, oh, and, and I don't know what to do. I'm holding my stomach, you know, but I'm like massaging my hand. I'm trying to do whatever I can. I'm nauseous. I can't enjoy. I can't even think about eating. Try eating when you're indigest. You have indigestion. That's really, really hard. Hmm? Disappointments in life. Pains that you have experienced in life are like food. If you don't digest it, if you don't process pain, if you don't process disappointments, you get emotional indigestion, spiritual indigestion, and you can't eat. Even if God lays out a banquet, you can't even eat a bite and enjoy it because you have emotional indigestion. And when we live with emotional indigestion, you get triggered by normal things in life. Your wife or your husband just says something, it's just normal part of life. Put that in a Tupperware. What? <laughs> I, 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 what? What do you mean? Like, I thought we put leftover food in the Tupperware. Well, I wanna just wrap it and put it in the refrigerator. Okay, I mean, it's going to smell up the refrigerator, but shoot, if that's that important to you, we get triggered with normal things in life. But when you are living with emotional and spiritual indigestion, you are sensitive, but you're not aware. 
You're just aware of other people's reaction. Goodness gracious, okay, fine. And you're like, I, all you're aware is I'm just doing my best. And my daughter, my husband, my friend, my church member, my leader, they're just crazy. <laughs> you are aware of their reaction, but you're not aware of your own sensitivity. And when we live with emotional and spiritual indigestion, guess what? We then live out of fear, out of pain, out of sensitivity, and we're not able to live that life abundant that Jesus already paid the price for us. Can I be real with you? I, would, I seem to say that all the time when I preach, right? Can I be real with you? Yeah. You're still going to love me? Yeah. You're not going to judge me? Yeah. You're not, you're not going to think, oh, you small, narrow-hearted. You're not going to... <laughs> Nod and smile so I feel, I feel secure to open up to you. Okay. Can I just say this? After... One and a half year of pandemic, I couldn't wait for church to reopen. I'm like, oh, we're like, I just imagine every single member are like waiting, you know, like race, like, like, okay, blow, blow, <laughs> blow that thing, whatever you call it. Russell, I'm ready. We're like, ready? You guys ready? Come on, let's go. Uh, go. Whoa! And I just imagine all of us running to the altar, just, oh, God, just worshiping and pouring our heart out. God, we didn't know how much we had with, with you at church. Oh, God. I really expected that. And when we were, like, planning the regathering, I'm like, yes, God. 1045, I'm like, oh, God, yes, yes. And we started to pray, and there's like three people here. I'm like, oh, God, I worship you. Oh, how I miss gather worship. But where is everybody? 11 a.m., Chinwen, the worship team, you know, they wake up early to set up and prepare. And we're like, yes, finally, 11 a.m., there's like 10 people. And there are more empty seats. And I was so, I was, I was kind of shocked. And I did not know how to digest that disappointment. Because, you know, as a pastor, it's like, oh, come on, like, you're more, you're more you should have seen this coming. Yeah. And you, you should be more wise in how to bring the people back, right? And so I did not know how to digest it. And so, you know what I did? I go, God, you are faithful. You are good. Next Sunday, you know, they probably didn't, you know, they just got used to this. Next Sunday, and I'm encouraging myself. And, and next Sunday comes, I'm like, where is everyone? What is going on? And I started to wonder before God. I'm just being real with you guys. For about first month, I really struggled, and I did not know how to chew and how to digest this pain. You know what I felt? I just felt like a failure as a leader. Like, I have failed, not our people. I have failed, and I did not know what to do, and as I started to, you know, wonder, 
be curious. God, what's going on? Why does this hurt? What's going on? And I started to wonder, you know what God said, Sonny? The, re, the, the, the problem is this. You either live from yesterday or you live for tomorrow, but you don't know how to show up for today. Wow. And I was like, what? And then he started to unwrap this all around me. He said, Sonny, you, when you live from yesterday, you live to avoid the pains of yesterday. You guys, listen. How many of you live from yesterday? If you've been rejected, you're going to live your life in your striving, in your flesh to avoid. You're not going to reject me, so I'm not going to open my heart to any new relationships. You strive in your flesh. Oh, 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 oh. You know what happened at, when I was seven year old, seven years old? I'm not going to let that happen again. And so you strive to avoid that same suffering. But when you live from yesterday to avoid the pains of yesterday, the pains of yesterday, the undigested pains and disappointments of yesterday becomes a, a, a bigger prisoner bar that, that, that locks you up and you continue to experience the same pain. God said, you, you, you like to strive. You like to work hard because you don't want to experience the pain of yesterday. So you're going to work so hard. That's why so many men, they work so hard in their office and, and they come and, and their wives are like, why aren't you here? We need you. Oh, this is for my family. I'm working hard. Actually, you're trying to avoid pain. Or you live for tomorrow. And people who live for tomorrow, and I do this a lot too, people who live for tomorrow live in denial. Look at your neighbor and say denial. You, there's pain. There's an elephant in the room. You haven't talked to your husband for a month. But you deny it. Hmm? And you say, no, I live by faith, not by sight. I have faith. God, thank you that you're going to fill our church up. You're going to save souls. Our people are going to experience your power. And so I deny the disappointment and I say, I am a woman of faith. In Jesus' name, there's going to be a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just live in denial and I call it faith. And God says, Sonny, I invite you to open up this gift. You see, for me, growing up, I was the mature one amongst friends. I was the strong one amongst friends. I was there comforting people, you know, encouraging people, feeding people. But to my opinion, I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one with divorced parents. That's the part of the world. That's life. So many people, you know, my, all my friends, a lot of my friends have parents that are divorced. It's normal. I make excuses, and I never open the gift of mourning and grieving. And God is saying, Sonny, I invite you in this season 
to run to me, to acknowledge, God, I'm sad. God, this, I don't know what to do with this, this disappointment. God is saying, run to me. Just show up. Embrace the disappointment and grieve and mourn. Matthew 6, 34, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know what God showed me? Sonny, the only way to show up and live today is by mourning. You see? Can you remove yourself from this suffering? Can you change this? Can you do something about this? No? No? Then you got to accept it. You got to embrace it. And you got to start to grieve. Hmm? Matthew 5, 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You see, when you run to God in grieving, comfort is awaiting you there. Healing is awaiting you there. But if you live from yesterday, you see your comfort, your healing is here now. But when you don't show up and you're just living from yesterday, you're not able to receive the comfort and healing that is already in the box for you. And if you live for tomorrow, when you live in denial, your heart and mind is already in the tomorrow and you don't show up now to receive the comfort and healing. And so I started to wonder, God, God, why do these empty seats hurt so much? And you know what God started to show me? Sonny, it's like when you were three, when you were four, when you were five, you were left home alone a lot. And you were so scared that you would often go into the closet and spend hours. Imagine, imagine Elsie, that small age, mommy and daddy leaving, and Elsie's in the closet hours waiting for someone to come home. You see, God was saying, Sonny, you've been left behind. But you never grieved. The three-year-old, the five-year-old Sonny was never acknowledged. You never grieved that you were neglected. That's why when people that you love don't show up, you feel left behind. It's not the empty seat. It's that five-year-old inside still waiting for mommy and daddy to come home and acknowledge it's that three, four, five-year-old that would spend hours at home alone, hungry, but not knowing where to get the food. You see, I've never grieved. And you know what God showed me? When you live from yesterday or when you live for tomorrow, you never grieve that past disappointment. And you become so sensitive, and you often find yourself. I remember I, we got into a, a pretty intense fight a couple months ago. I was so mad. I was so mad at this godly man over here. <laughs> and then I freaked out because Alethea was home. And I was like, shh. I don't want to fight. 
actually, I really wanted to fight. I don't mind fighting, but I didn't want to fight in front of Alethea. Shh, Alethea, she could hear us. And then, I mean, usually he's more calm, he's like, and he became more intense. What, what you, you know, this godly, righteous, your pastor was like intense talking, right? And I was like, shh. And it all started because I said, hey, before you leave right now, can you just connect with me? So in my head, that's how I said it. But to him, you know what he heard? What? You always leave me. You can't spend five minutes to spend connect with me? So he couldn't see the five-year-old, oh, can you connect with me before you leave? I couldn't see his five-year-old, you know, going, well, did I do something wrong? So we're just reacting to each other, right? And so I'm like, oh, I'm freaking out. And, I, and then we, you know, I, I cried, of course, and then I went into the uh, uh, closet, and I was crying. I was doing my, you know, Emmanuel journaling, God. And I know, because I taught you guys that you never, like, mourn before you spend time Thanksgiving, right? So I'm like, God, thank you. Oh, what am I thankful? I have nothing. Oh, I'm just so angry. I just feel so, oh, I thank you. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. And I'm writing, thank you that you, thank you that you didn't leave me. I failed you many times, but you still love me. Thank you that. And I had to, it, it, it was a struggle to find something to be thankful for. And after I got that in, I was like, God, okay, you told me to mourn and grieve. So God, I'm kind of pissed. I'm kind of sad. But more than that, I feel stupid. I feel so stupid. I don't know you guys, but in the closet, I was like, you stupid. You're so stupid. I just felt stupid. And I was like, I wonder why I feel stupid. Why not sad? Why not angry? Why do I feel stupid? And I was just writing, God, what am I? And then God said, Sonny, Sonny, I always hear adult Sonny calling the five-year-old, you stupid, you just die. Why did you do that for? Why did you ask for connection? Why are you so needy? Die, you five-year-old. I hate you. Die. So, of course, I didn't really say that, Obi, in my mind. But in my heart, I was judging and hating this five-year-old that was being neglected. You see? And then God says, Sonny, Sonny, let's tell her something different. I was like, okay. Okay, you join me. Let me I'm going to tell her something different, and so you join me, okay? So I'm a 50-year-old joining God and trying to say something different to the 5-year-old past me. God said, little girl, Sunny, you're important. You're so beautiful. I see you. I've never left you. I was there in the closet. Remember those hours where we daydream together? And he started to speak lovingly to me. And then this is what he said, Sonny, baby girl, come down from the top of the house. I was like, oh, what's going on? He said, baby girl, give me that knife. Let me hold you. And as I'm writing this, the memory that I have forgotten for 45 years that was locked up in my mind came to my mind 
that when I was five years old, I couldn't handle being alone. And by five years old, I was molested by an adult cousin. And I think maybe the, the, this, this crazy man was better than no one. God said, give me that knife, girl. You don't have to die. You don't have to suffer alone. Give me that knife. Let me hold you. And this memory came. And God just came into my closet, and he held me. And I started to cry as if I was a five-year-old again. And something crazy happened, guys. I started to wail. I said, God. Where's my grandma? I miss my harmony. Where is my grandma? She's the only one that loved me. She's the only one that saw me. Where is my grandma? She's dead. She's dead. And I started to weep and grieve for my grandmother. You see, when I did not allow myself to grieve for this past pain, I suffered alone. And I opened the, as I opened the gift of mourning, about empty seats, guys. <laughs> about Benjamin, me wanting Benjamin to spend five minutes with me before he went to another meeting. It's nothing. But when I opened this box of mourning, and I said, God, I just wanted to spend five minutes connecting with my husband. God, I don't know why, why, why these are, there are so many empty seats. When I mourned about what was disappointing to me right now, God took me to the past and he brought his comforter. Holy Spirit came and wrapped around me. And he started to, synchronize with me and mourn with me for the five-year-old that was home alone, that was hungry. Oh, my mic. Okay, I'll do it like this. You see, the comforter of the Holy Spirit is in the box, is in the gift of mourning. Hmm? Jim Wilder says this. The only time to do God's will is now. You cannot go back and redo things, even if you have failed. You cannot go tomorrow somehow right now to make it better. The only time to do God's will is now. And God is saying, you cannot make right what went wrong in the past. But right now, the right thing to do is not to deny or avoid disappointments, but to face it, to embrace it, and run to Jesus and grieve for your disappointment. And we saw it in the scripture in John 11, verse 35. Jesus already knew that he was going to resurrect Lazarus, but he still wept. Look at verse 5. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. You see, Jesus was at this place, and Martha and Mary sends this note. Uh, Jesus, the one you love is sick. I bet they didn't even freak out because you know how, like, you know, like, they knew how much Jesus loved 
them, right? So, okay, Lazarus is sick, but Martha and, and Mary are not freaking out. They're like, geez, they send the word Jesus. You know, the one you love is sick. They expected Jesus to run and heal Lazarus. Hmm? Look at verse 6. So when he heard, everybody say so. So. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Jesus, what are you doing? You love Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. You love, verse 5, he loved them. So he stayed two more days. Often when we experience disappointment, don't we feel forsaken by God? Don't we feel like you don't love me? Did I Have I failed you? Is something's wrong with me? Something, what's going on? But God is saying, even when you experience disappointment and you don't see the breakthrough or, or, or the, the breakthroughs that you have expected, it's not because he has forsaken you. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not even because you did something wrong. So, I love them. So, I'm going to stay here two more days. Hmm? And after two days, Jesus is like, okay, people, let's go. Let's go wake up Lazarus. He's sleeping. He's not dead. And they're like, well, Jesus, if he's not dead, it's this sickness is not going to lead to death. We shouldn't go there. People are trying to kill you over there. We should just stay behind. And Jesus is like, uh, he's dead. But often, often you and I, when we don't understand what's going on, I don't understand what you're thinking, God. Just because when we don't understand, we resist his plan. Let's go. Let's go to Lazarus. He's dead, let's go. No, if he's not going to die, don't we resist the plans and the works of God when we don't understand. And Jesus says he's dead. But I'm glad he's dead because you're going to see now and you're going to believe. So Martha hears that Jesus is near. So Martha runs to Jesus. Jesus, if you were here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Uh. Hmm? Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes with me will live even though they die. And whoever be- lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? You see, often What we don't understand, there's a greater degree of God's glory that he wants to release in and through our situations and our lives. What does that lead to? Faith. Do you believe? I want to ask you, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe in Jesus? See, Martha, she did the right thing. She ran to Jesus. But Mary heard that Jesus was near too, but Mary didn't run to Jesus. So some of us, we run to Jesus. Some of us, we stay until we are called. And so God tells Martha, go get Mary. Tell Mary to come to me. Then then Mary gets up. Just come to church, people. Come to Jesus. Come worship Jesus. You just needed to hear that, some of you. 
Mary runs to Jesus. Let's look at verses 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 35, Jesus wept. You see? Yes, I know we're Christians. We have faith. It's going to work out. But when you're disappointed, it is okay to be disappointed and mourn. Jesus knew. He already had it in his plan to resurrect Lazarus for the glory of God. Even then, even then, even though it was, I don't know, 30 minutes before the resurrection miracle, Jesus still faced the present reality, the present state of reality of death. And Jesus still chose to enter in to the mourning and grieving of his loved ones. And Jesus allowed his spirit to be troubled. And Jesus, who knew that in any moment I'm going to resurrect Lazarus, that Jesus wept. He mourned. So God is inviting you and I to mourn. Verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? You see, when you and I learn to mourn and grieve for the disappointments of yesterday and today, we become a conduit. We become a place where the glory of God can be revealed in a greater way. Let me show you this. But you see, this, I'm going to end with this. Worship team, if you could come up. This gift of mourning, it's okay. Gift of mourning comes with the manual, guys. You see this three-legged thing? Tripod, yes. Three-legged tripod. (laughs) Pod. Okay, whatever. I'm an immigrant. You can't just mourn. When you just mourn without these two, guess what? You become depressed. You start to, uh, uh, can you move this? You start to compare yourself, right? So you have to start with Thanksgiving. That's how our brain is made, guys. Even when you're miserable, you have to be intentional about spending every morning, every day, thanking God for something very specific. God, thank you. Thank you that you have blessed me with a godly husband who has a kind heart. He loves his family. He loves God. God, thank you that he's willing to walk the dog every morning, every night, because I hate doing that. Thank you that he's willing to go to Target or Safeway any time of the day when Aletia and I want something. You know, sometimes I just have to have some flower seeds, you know? When it's empty, Benjamin, Daddy, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving me with a kind, loving husband. 
you give him thanks. But God, I'm kind of sad that he doesn't, he can't control his eating. God, I mourn that he keeps losing weight and then gaining it all back. God, I'm, I'm kind of, okay, not awesome. God, I'm sad that he can't see sometimes that all I want is the connection with him. But all he sees is my nagging. So I start to mourn. And when I mourn, he shows me. Sonny, his weight problem gets under your skin. Why? Because you're afraid to be left behind. That his blood pressure might go up and he may just have a heart attack and leave Aletheia without a father. Leave you behind. You're actually not angry about his big stomach. It is getting smaller, hallelujah. But you're actually afraid of being left behind. As I mourn, God started to show me, you know, he's actually good looking. Have you seen his eyes? You know, he's black, but he has those green eyes. You know, it's just so handsome. You know, and he's godly. He actually really loves Jesus. He's not just doing this for a job. And I'm actually able to enjoy the husband that God has given me. And I'm able to stand where God has called me to stand. Will you rise up with me? You see, today, God is here in that gift box of mourning. He's inviting you. Will you run to me? And will you mourn and grieve for the disappointments? Some of you that have been divorced, it's time. God, I'm sad. I'm sad that I went through this and my children had to go through this. Those of you that have gone through sickness and you have overcome, but it's okay to grieve. God, I was so scared. God, going to chemo week after week after week. I don't want to be a burden to my loved ones, but I didn't have any strength. God, I think I have PTSD from struggling with cancer for the past few years. It's okay to mourn. It doesn't mean you have no faith. It's okay to grieve. God, I thought I would be further off in my career. God, I thought I would be further off financially. God, I would be further than where I am right now. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're not grateful. It does not mean you have no faith. Actually, this is the way to release the glory of God. Amen. So I want you to stand right now with your hearts open with your hands open wide. I want you to stand in front of the tomb of Lazarus. What is your tomb of Lazarus? What is, what had died 
in that in your life. And God is calling you to grieve. I feel like some of you that's joining us online, you don't have the physical strength that you once had. You are ready to pack up and go on mission trips and serve God, but you can't even walk. And you haven't grieved. You're just living for tomorrow. I believe, I believe. But God, yeah, you could believe. But God is saying, come to me. Pick up this box of mourning and grieve the loss of your physical strength. I want to ask each one of you, as you stand in front of the tomb of Lazarus, allow the Holy Spirit to show you right now what is dead inside of the tomb. God is inviting you to grieve and mourn for that is dead inside of the tomb. Come on, enter in. Pick up that gift of mourning, that box. I want you to open it up. Start right now. You don't have to wait till you go home. Start right now. Start grieving. God, I'm sad. God, I'm, I'm actually angry. God, God, I don't understand. God, I want you to mourn right now.